Had he and Johnston held homosexual parties in their shared apartment? Yes, they had. More names. Other homosexuals who'd had illegal congress with Johnston. Yes, he did remember some. Just a few days earlier, there was a man named Warren Heathman. Heathman was a 35-year-old World War II veteran who had fought overseas. He'd earned a master's degree in agriculture from the University of Missouri and was now an instructor for the Veterans Administration's farm training program. Heathman could not be found at his home address, so the Columbia police sent out an all-points bulletin for his arrest. He was picked up by state highway patrolmen in Rolla, Missouri, about two hours away, and locked up overnight in Jefferson City's Cole County Jail. In the morning, patrolmen shackled him and drove him to the jail in Columbia, and he too was grilled. This was serious business, they told him. Perjury is a felony for which he could be incarcerated for five years. Willie Coots had mentioned a big fish, a professor at the university. Did Heathman know E.K. Johnston? When had he last seen him? Where? Heathman disoriented and scared, did not take long to answer every question they threw at him. Yes, he and Johnston engaged in homosexual activities. Yes, on an average of every other week. Yes, usually in Johnston's apartment. Yes, he'd been to homosexual parties, not only in that same apartment, but also at a cabin near Salem, Missouri. Mad parties of a homosexual cabal the newspapers would report. Just as Willie Coots had done, Heathman signed a statement implicating Johnston as the leader of the homosexual ring. Heathman and Coots both waived their preliminary hearings. They did not want to drag out their ordeal. Because neither one was the supposed kingpin of the homosexual ring, their bail was set at $2,500 apiece, $1,000 lower than Johnston's. The professor, however, was not as easily intimidated. He had gone himself to the police station and demanded to know why there was a warrant out for his arrest. When police detectives took him into a room to interrogate him, he knew his rights. He would say nothing to his inquisitors, except, I want to talk to my lawyer. He was permitted to call his attorney, Edwin Orr, who advised him not to sign any statement and not to waive his preliminary hearing. From the Boone County Jail, he contacted his half-brother in Kansas City and a friend in Sedalia, Missouri, and borrowed money for the $3,500 bond. In their coverage of the story, local newspapers were sure to name both Howard Johnston, the brother, and Fred Hildebrand, the friend, shaming them for having aided and abetted a homosexual. Family newspapers within a thousand-mile radius of Columbia all seemed to pick up the story, which was covered by the wire services of the Associated Press, as well as the United Press International. The local papers embellished their articles with sensational headlines. Missouri professor held for sodomy, termed principal in homosexual ring, was the Pottstown, Pennsylvania Mercury headline. The headline in Arkansas's Hope Star was simply homosexual, which was shocking enough all by itself in 1948. 
It was not until his temporary release from jail that Johnston learned that he'd been found guilty even before he was tried. In view of the nature and gravity of the charges that have been made against Professor E. K. Johnston, the president of the university, Frederick Middlebush, told reporters, he has been relieved of his duties as a member of the university. Hysteria spread. The superintendent of the State Highway Patrol, Colonel Hugh Wagoner, announced not only to the university's board of curators, but also to the media, that Johnston was only the tip of the iceberg. The board of curators panicked. Alan McReynolds, its president, immediately called a press conference to promise the public the board will take such action as it deems necessary to protect the interests of the university. McReynolds added defensively that homosexuals were a public problem and one that ought to be solved.